0: Hello and welcome to Talkin' Baseball, a little trade deadline chatter, a little Team USA talk, a little fun in the sun, Talking Baseball, but we're indoors. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball brought to you by DraftKings. Thank you very much for tuning in and hanging out with us for a little bit. It is the midweek episode folks. So, for our crowd that usually tunes in live, we're not live. We're premiering. There's always comments like, "Wait,
1: it's not live?" No.
0: Because sometimes we like to do interviews. and sometimes oh, no, we like we're, other we're stuff.
1: live. Shout out to Llewellyn in the chat. Zendino, Zendino. you guys are the best. We love you. Say out. Oh,
0: man, that's hilarious. That was Jake. Trevor's here looking good in his blue shirt. I like that color blue. BBD in the corner wearing his Loop jersey, and I'm wearing my, I love baseball shirt, which is basically my uniform at this point in time. Do we have any recent patrons? I will bring them up to check it out. Clicked the link. It's spinning. It's loading. We're there. It says Sev, Sev, and Aaron Stenga. Stenga. You think that's how it's said? Mm. Someone met us at the bar. Came to the event in Denver. I think it was that. I think it was at the bar in Denver. Someone met us when we were in Denver and uh, just said. Yeah, you absolutely butchered my name. <laughs> mm. Forget what it was. It's Tough. Oh man, I was like Duder. It was like because I said it like uh, I said Duder and it was Duder or something like that. So yeah. Anyway, Trev, how are you doing? Oh, you're muted,
1: or we can't hear wow. you. Wow. Brutal. Immediate snag. Immediate issue. Jake, how are you doing? I'm good. I feel bad for Trev. He was wrestling some tech earlier. Now he looks crispy. He's trying to re-crisp and uncrisp. I'm good. I'm good. Exciting part of the season, man. Trade deadline. We're actually in an exciting part of the sports world right now. Olympics coming up. Trevor Plouf wants to talk about that in a little bit. Uh,. NBA finals are finishing up And then the NBA draft is going to be in a couple weeks So right after the trade deadline So we're kind of in a sports apocalypse So I'm loving that Uh, But man, this next week of baseball It's crazy how much a six game stretch Is going to affect the moves that general managers are going to make And you know, some of those (laughs) moves have ripple effects Into two years, five years I mean, if it's a prospect Shut up, Jake So I'm doing good. Trev, do we have you back?
2: I'm back. And you know, I get so angry at electronics. It I know it's a bad look. It makes me look old, but it is so frustrating sometimes. But I feel like I got I I got a handle on it now. I think we're good. I think we're we're gonna be crispy the rest of the time. I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk about yes, team USA headed to the Olympics. Uh, we'll go into that. Uh, we have a, a bunch of topics. This is going to be a nice little smorgasbord of topics.
0: Trev, I know that I probably asked you these, and we've had these conversations last year uh, around the deadline, or maybe even just in the off season around the deadline. But we do have a ton of new listeners as we've continued to grow and grow and grow. Thank you. So, for anyone that hasn't heard or 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 is interested, or maybe they forgot, can you talk about? trade deadline season in the clubhouse and like what times your name was being floated around how you handled it guys that were in the clubhouse with you that 100% knew they were on the move and all the teammates knew they're on the move and what that vibes like and or once a guy gets traded what's the vibe like there can you just talk about clubhouse trade deadline times
2: yeah it's all different I mean it kind of depends on where you're in the standings if you're You know, in Minnesota, there's a lot of times that we weren't looking to add. And so if you're a a big piece and, you know, you didn't have a ton of years uh, of control, you knew those guys were gone. And you try not to think about it as much as possible. Like that's kind of what you do in baseball. it's, It's easy. It's easier than other sports to avoid that because you're playing every day. So your focus is the game. Um, the best part of the trade deadline would be when you're going to add and you're like, okay, who are we going to get? Can we get somebody you're, you know, constantly making remarks to the manager, to the GM, when he comes in the clubhouse, like we're going to do something. We got something here. Um, That didn't happen too often over there in, in Minnesota for us, but it's, it's a, it's an exciting time. I think more for fans of the team than it is for the team, because if you're winning, yeah, you want to add, but you do have the uh, confidence in the guys that are like in the room. So you can't be so boisterous about like, yeah, we need to add, we need to add, because look, we got here with these guys, and you don't want to see somebody have to to leave. Uh, and then you know the other way, if you're losing, it's like sometimes you're happy for those guys to get out of there because it's dreadful to be in a season full of losses. Because it's like I just said, it's day after day after day.
1: Mm.
0: One scene that always stuck in my brain was when Bobby Abreu got traded from the Phillies to the Yankees and he found out in the middle of a game and he was sitting in the dugout and some of his teammates came over with shaving cream and just started shaving his face like in the middle of the game and they're all excited and I was so young at that point I was like you know a middle or high schooler and I was like what why aren't they mad that they're like they're losing a teammate why aren't they like sad that they're losing a teammate because I was just a little kid. But it was always like, huh? Okay, they're excited for him because he gets to go on a contender now and move on.
2: Yeah,
1: and when he's absolutely a guy like him who had an incredible MLB career to get yes. an opportunity to jump in the chase like that. Um, I know this is a, a little off of it, but do you, do you have any good? Because we always get blown away by the trade, like, and I. I forget. Did you find out on a plane, or I, I forget your story, but there's always the the trade story where it's like, yeah, I found out, I grabbed everything in my apartment, and I just got on the next flight. Do do you is was yours like that, or do you have uh, any teammates that it was just chaos, like sprinted out of the dugout, caught a bird, and got to the next game?
2: Mine wasn't exactly like that because I had been designated, so I was sitting around, and then there there comes a. Um like a claim period and all that stuff. So I was kind of sitting around waiting for it to happen. But, you know, when those teams do trade for you, they want you. Like, we just gave up, you know, pieces for you. Like, come help our team. Like, we want you to be on our roster right away. So uh, typically, dude, those guys, yeah. Like, if you have a, say, you know, you're playing in Minnesota and you get shipped somewhere, like, somebody else is packing your apartment up for you. You're not packing your apartment up. You got to go. You take your personal belongings, you take your baseball gear, and you go somewhere. And then whoever's, you know, the clubhouse guys will help you pack up. Like, sometimes it's your family that will come over and pack your stuff up. But it's a a whirlwind, man. And to change like that in the middle of a season, there's so much that goes into it. You know, they make it easy for the ballplayers because, like, it's just – you just go and do your thing. It's all the stuff after it, you know. And then people having to find you a new place, a short-term lease. And I don't think people kind of at least think about it enough, like, how much – of your world is impacted. You got kids, like their school, and it's a lot that goes into it, man. That's why guys love the no-trade clause. Like when you can get a no-trade clause, you're like, I'm taking the no-trade clause. Man,
0: looking at that Bobby Abreu trade, and maybe this is like a good reason like to go make trades and not prospect hug. No one at the Phillies got in
2: return got MLB time. That's why people are so crazy with all the prospect capital and I want you to hoard it. Like, yeah, like for every Fernando Tatis Jr., there's a hundred guys that are replacement level or worse. You know, you, you have to do it's tough to do it at the big league level, man.
0: Got, got time is wrong. Uh, Carlos Monasturios mm-hmm. uh, played in 32 games one season for the Dodgers, started 13. That's his only time. Uh, Matt Smith. Yeah, and Matt Smith Smith. played in 35 games. But, I mean, the Yankees traded their number one pick. I'm sure there were people saying, like, why are we trading all these prospects? And, like, none of them made it. Just make trades if you need to go get a guy. Bobby Abreu was an all-star at the time and had a bunch of years left on his contract, so I'm sure that, like, at the time, some people were like, this is a risky one. It's like, well, maybe it didn't work out for the (laughs) Yankees in terms of championship, but definitely didn't hurt them.
2: Make trades! I I will say this. I think that People are more able to correctly um, scout the minor leagues. Like you can, there's ways to identify markers now for players. Like, okay, this guy's doing this at this level at this age. Like, there's a lot more data now where I feel like more often than not, when you get those guys to come up, the big the big names that have been big prospects, like, they, they tend to work out more than they don't. And I don't know if I, there's any stats to back that up at all. Um, they're not going to have, like, crazy initial success. We've seen it with Wander. We've seen that with uh, uh, Kelnick. Kelnick? Which one is it? Because people Kelnick. are at me. All yeah, Kelnick. Kelnick. No, Kelnick. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, I think now we're getting better at grading these guys. So maybe there's a, there's a scenario where you're like, okay, I, I, I'm going to hold on to this guy because we know. He's a
1: guy. And, Trev, I, I think there has to be numbers on that uh, because, A, I mean, we, we evolve as a society and there's internet. And dude, think of all the camps and all that stuff where, you know, back in the day, we, we, we laugh, i probably say once a month, David Cohn on the broadcast, he didn't have a high school team. So it's you know, he was in, where was he, Kansas? So what do you do with that? A kid's throwing at his barn. It, you know, when he goes to the minors, you're going to find out pretty quickly if he's going to stick or not. Where today, you know, half of the kids in California and Florida, they play AAU together and, and they've mingled. And now that we can tell, now that we've gone to the next level with Soto and you can measure a dude's spin and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I do think the prospect stuff is getting better. But at the same time, you mentioned Kelnick and we got to mention J.P. Crawford because we're a Mariners pod and a J.P. Crawford pod. But Plus Kelnick like he came up and he got beat up a little bit and at that final step is still the step we have no idea about when you go to the show no. you know Jared Kelnick could be good he could be a could be good he he could be a perennial all-star he could be a 260 22 homers a year that's pretty nice he could come in a little below that i mean once once you get to the show you find out. So I I guess this turned into an early PSA. If you're a prospect hugger, I know uh, who is it? The White Sox that traded away Tatis, you're daydreaming yeah. about if he was on the team right now. But oh, those <laughs> those stories yeah, those stories are a lot less than the uh <laughs> the Bobby Abreu example we fell into today.
0: Yeah, I'm in a trap now because Oh, Jimmer. Because I don't know when he made his money and how long he signed with with the Phillies. But the, all the Phillies writers called the Bobby Brave trade like the worst thing ever at the time it happened. So There you go. But how long was like arbitration and that stuff? Was it eight seasons long? Because he didn't hit. He must have signed an extension. This is not on
1: time. Yeah, I don't have the, the 1997 CBA in front of me, but I can get it. I'm mad about it. Okay. I'd like to know it.
0: All right, moving on. We're going to do some 2021 trade deadline talk. It's brought to you by Magic Spoon Mm. Cereal, which I'm so excited about, Trev, because Magic Spoon on the down low just reached out to us, and they said they got a couple new flavors, and they wanted us to Mm. test it. And then our sales department messaged us and said, are you guys interested? And I said, absolutely. Mm. Here's my new address Scott So that's Jimmy's, actually the Got f- new address The first like company To get my new address Congrats Ooh. Magic read it, read
2: it on the no, Just read okay. it right
0: now Dude the new address blows mm. Mm. It's a bad number And then you know The street name You have to spell it It's not um, ah, Phonetical or whatever you say And then the last The actual like Whatever road Street lane Way What are those called Is there a, a name For all of those mm. The uh,
1: identifier. Uh, There's got to be a name
0: for all of those. I don't know what it is. Is bad as well. So it's not a great address. Uh, that's the only thing when we, like, put the offer
1: in. I was like, I just wish. You're it's- selling the numbers short. I, I understand what you're saying about some of the other parts. Yeah, I'm not. The number's ab- fine. Nah, I'm not into the number. The number's fine. I don't like odd numbers. If, it was, if everything else was fine. It's a collection
0: of it. my two least favorite numbers. They're,
1: they're fun to say together.
0: Mm-hmm. IMO. In an Australian accent, for sure. How many numbers is it? Two, just two.
2: What? Two? Yeah, dude, I, I I'll, The East Coast is insane with the numbers you guys use. Like your zip codes are like zero one something like oh that. Because they started at zero, Trev, they and then I here. know it doesn't make any sense. To me. Mine's a nine. Mine starts with a nine. Oh,
1: where? What side of the country are you on?
0: Nine four five five zero. That was uh, Livermore, Pleasanton.
1: livermore What's up, Pleasanton, Dublin, in the house?
0: Some people have 94551. On the East Coast, though, and this this neighborhood I was in all the houses were built in, like, the 1950s, so they just started at 1 on every street. It's more normal. In California, it's weird. My address in California was 21245. Like, that's so many numbers for a street yeah, that only has 6 houses yeah. on it. Like, just make it 1 through 6. Yeah. Anyway, Magic Spoon, I'm very excited to have this cereal delivered in the new flavors. I can't tell you about these flavors yet. But I can tell you about the ones that they have, cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, mm-hmm. and cinnamon, zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, mm. only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. You can build your own box or get a variety pack. Uh, someone just tweeted asking me like to tier them or like rank them. I say it a lot. I'll say it again. Blueberry is my favorite. Fruity is my second favorite. The Frosted, I use as sprinkles. Mm. I put the main flavor in there, and then the Frosted, I sprinkle on top, and it just gives everything a little sugar taste to it. Yeah. So go to magicspoon.com baseball, grab your delicious cereal, and try it today. It's healthy. It's guilt-free. It's like a protein shake in the morning, but in cereal form. Mm. It's got a ton of protein in it. So, you know, instead of eating a protein bar, you eat the cereal. That's how they sell it, Trev.
2: I know, I like that. I'm just thinking about you thinking about it like that. Like Big damn, protein shake guys. Like, shit guy. like what
0: am need. I gonna grab? I got I don't I'm not in a rush, so I don't need to eat the blank bar. Yeah. I'm not gonna give another company an ad here. So instead mm-hmm. I just enjoy my protein cereal magic spoon, cause it still tastes delicious. I'm all about it. I actually on the box they have the how they get the sugar flavor, like where it comes from. And I was reading it as I was eating and I was like, that's wild. It is, it's like wild sugar, actually. All right, let's get to this. Our, our dear friend Jeff Passon wrote an article today where he has mm. conversations with himself like a lunatic. And we like pulling these up, and Trev said, let's discuss some stuff on here, but go read it yourself. We're not going to talk about everything. I'll, I'll start. His opener opened my eyes because Byron Buxton, I'm not in Twins World. I'm not reading the newspapers and the Twitters from all the Twins people. Mm. I didn't know he was close to healthy, Trev, and I didn't notice. No, he's still a trade piece. If people think they can trade for him and, one, he can rehab a little, come back for them, be playoff ready, at least defense and speed, that's still a defensive need, and he's got a year attached for next year. So, you know, you kind of – I love trading for Buxton now because even if the bat's not there, he still brings really good things to the team if the legs are there and um, the speed's there as like a defensive replacement type guy, which I know he's more than that, but you get him for next year, so you can let him slow play into that
1: role. Trev, I'll let you go, because you know the the dude. You know,
2: I do know Byron. Uh, I am in Twinkieville, and I'm all over the socials with them and stuff. So basically, this is the gist that I've got, and I don't know how accurate this is. I haven't like prodded any of the front office guys that I know or anything, but they're saying we're going to try to extend this guy. And I think they see it as an opportune time for them because he is hurt. He also so they're so in regards to that, their extension, it'll be a good chunk of a change, but he's when healthy, uh, an elite player, a twenty million dollar plus guy. And I think they're gonna try to get him at a discount here, maybe somewhere around like a fifteen. So they're gonna offer them hit them him this extension. And if he takes it, they're happy. And if he doesn't well, now they have one of the best trade pieces in all of baseball. I mean, at the time of his injury, he hasn't played since like May 6th, I believe. But 409 OBP, slugging 76 for a 1.1-er. I mean, the guy was playing at MVP pace. I mean, he still has, he's accumulated 2.9 WAR, which I bet you is still in the top 20 of all players. He hasn't played since May 6th. Let me repeat that. So the guy is an elite elite dude, and he's only 27 right now with a year of control. So yeah, I mean... If if he truly is available, if they don't get the extension done, then there's no limit to the suitors for this guy.
1: Although you're gonna have to pay up. And that's where that where I was somewhat surprised that Brother Jeff opened the article with a with big Buxton part. Because Jim, what you're saying is very true. Like Byron Buxton, I mean, speed defense, that'll always travel, that'll always play at a special level. The past three years, Buxton's hit. He had an eight twenty-seven OPS in 2019. He had an 844 OPS last year over his last 153 games, 153 those last three years. He's got a a 903 OPS. Like, the dude's been hitting for a while. And that's my concern about him being traded. He's super talented, uber talented. The only question for me, and I think a lot of people around baseball at this point, is staying on the field. Uh, So that's, and trades always come down to value. So, how can you value Byron Buxton, a guy that when he was right early on this year, he was leading the league in war. He was like a, a head and shoulders above everyone. He was past Trout. Like, he was rolling. When when this dude is healthy and on the field at this point, and Trev, we actually, I, I forget if it was before the season in the TPP or early this season, but Byron Buxton was the best player on a 100-win Minnesota Twins. And when you think about it like that, it kind of changes your focus. So, that's where I don't know if you're a team trading for Byron bucks and you're going to have to pay. The twins are going to ask for a lot, a guy that plays at a, at a very high level, but the, the one risk is injury. So, Hey, if you trade that's
2: everybody's risk though, I mean, that's anybody's risk. And I hate that he gets tagged as this. I mean, he, I, I don't mean to cut you off man, but you can finish your, point.
1: So. I understand what you're saying, Trev, but at the same time, there are guys that don't have an injury history. Like, Byron Bucks and his game logs going back to 2016, 92, 140, 28, 87, 39, 27. This guy hasn't played a hundred baseball games in one year since 2017. So there's a lot of players that could come back and say, hey, I'm on the field, you know, for a buck 40 pretty much every year. So I, I very much understand what you're saying, um, but, man, if, if you are the team that pays up, and we just talked about prospect talking, you are you buy in immediately. It's the easiest sell to yourself because this guy is uber talented.
0: Yeah, and I, I wasn't saying that he'd just be defensive playman speed because I know he can hit. He's He's got a hand. He broke his hand. Right. So I'm saying if you don't know how much you can get out of him this season, there's still value. With next year attached. This year, yeah. Like, I wasn't doubting his hitting. I was just saying the injury might linger. Who knows how long it's going to take. So, I, I hadn't thought about him as a trade piece until I read Passon's article. And now I, I'm kind of like, ooh, that's a fun one. Well,
2: so, I'm not sure if Jeff mentioned this. I, I did read the article, but I forget if he mentioned this. The fact that he hasn't been on the field a lot also plays into his value because you know that when he is on the field, and I think anytime you trade for someone, you're like, okay, I'm envisioning this guy on the field for us. You don't think, hey, he's going to get injured, whatever, whatever. So the fact that he's only played 27 games this year, so he'll finish up with whatever it is, under 100 again, that means his last year of arbitration is going to be, what's he making this year?
1: Yeah, it's like five this year. Jeff Jeff At does mention 10? that it, it looks like he's going to be seven or eight next, seven, year, eight next year, which brings in some of the smaller market teams who wouldn't normally 100%. be in on the twenty million guy. So that that really is an interesting twist.
2: Yeah, they've been talking about that. You know, all my guys uh, that cover the Twins very well, um, Aaron Gleeman's a fail. Shout out Aaron Gleeman; he Ooh. covers them really well. Gleeman and the Geek. Um, They always give us shout-outs on Twitter and stuff, so I have no problem shouting him out. But, they, yeah, I mean, they've been talking about this, and then, then, you know, not only is Buxton possibly available, then there's my guy who,
1: my ace, Mm. Barrios. And there's there's a nice Barrios section, and not to put the Barrios section down, but we've done it before, and, like, any team wants a young starting picture with his track record. Like, even if you think there's more in the tank, which we talked about, Um, Even if he's the Jose Brios we've seen Any team can use that guy I think the one that's interested And kind of made my head do a ding noise Was they're saying And could you imagine this Josh Donaldson's contract right now Doesn't look great It's a lot of money Donaldson's had his own stuff going on A team like Man, imagine if the Mets go nuclear And you can get Buxton at a cheaper price Because you take on Donaldson's little extra on his contract, like that, like, could you imagine being that fan base and it's trade deadline day and it's the Mets, it's whoever it is. And you get Donaldson who's got an MVP in the bag and you know, he can still put together a month with anybody in the league and Byron Buxton who's got all the tools. Like that's the kind of stuff that it, that changes, that changes an outlook.
0: Donaldson has uh, the rest of this year, which will probably be around 11 to $15 million or 10 to 15, somewhere in there, and then he's got two more years at 22 basically, million dollars. So you'd be <clears throat> taking on, like, let's just say, very simple, dumb math, around 60 mil of cash for uh, two more years of Donaldson, one more year of uh, Buxton, and, and you get their help for the remainder of this year. That seems not yeah. that bad of a move for a team that and wants to And the first beat.
2: crack at. The first crack at extending Buxton as well. Yes,
0: yeah, so that seems like not a bad move for a team that has money and is at the beginning of a window, or you know, still in a window like the Mets. That'd be that'd be a nice little package.
1: All right, so that's done.
0: Yeah. Anything else stand out? I mean, the the Buxton one for
1: me was like the eye opener. I mean, I don't want to read the whole article. We can go check it out. I mean, I, I think we can tap in a guy that's pretty well versed in the article. Um, but yeah, I I guess. Part of the takeaway from this, we we've had the Cubs circled all year. If they fell out, you know, that team had so many guys. The twins is the one that's out of left field. And we've we've talked about it a little bit, but I, I kind of wonder the vibe from their front office, because we've also said, you know, that team can also you hear teams saying like, oh, we're not rebuilding, we're just gonna reload. And a lot of teams are just spewing stuff out their mouth. The Twins have an actual argument. They've got so much talent still on that team. Uh, if you rework the pieces, you'd, you'd like to think we can talk about the Twins next year. So I wonder what the rumors are around that front office if the fire sale is coming or if, you know, you got to make the godfather offer to get Byron Buxton and then they'll do it. It's, it's, a,
2: it's a huge decision for those guys. And those guys, I mean, um, I'm going to forget their names. Right as I was about the same. You had it so Thad, I, and, Thad Levine, yeah. is that who it is? Thad Levine and the uh man. I know who these guys are. I'm just forgetting their names. But this regime, Derek Falvey. Falvey. Um, this regime, I mean, if you blow it up, that's now what? Yeah. You no, know, you they came into a bountiful organization with a lot of young talent that needed to build around. Basically, they didn't do that. Like they needed to bring in pitching. And they didn't do that. Like this is they got my Ma- my Ada, which that's great. But like you need more than that, and they didn't do it. And it's been the same old song and dance in Minnesota. Their offense is good, even without Buxton. Go look at go look at the numbers, team offensive stats. The Twins are going to be you know like a top seven, top five team. But the pitching, starting yeah. pitching in particular, has just been bad, and
1: same old freaking song and dance, man. Stuff. Andrelton Simmons is on that team. Yeah. Jay Happ, if you're looking for
2: some innings. No, they are. Yeah, the Twins would happily get rid of Happ right now. They are not happy in Twinsville. Twins territory is what it's called, but I don't really like that. I like that. Twinsville.
1: Twinkieville. Sounds very Dr. Seuss. They're not happy with all Happ right. In Twinsville, now. we say everything twice. In Twinsville, we say everything twice. Twinsville is actually a convention that happens in Ohio oh, for all our twin.
0: Actually, where does the twin convention happen? I think it's Ohio. I think it it's f- Ohio. we Ooh, like twins up. twins.
2: Yes. Like a lot freak. of sex. I'm sorry. The twins always creep me out a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Twins Day Festival. Twin it's in Twinsburg, Ohio. I mean, if you're a twin and you're listening, you can go. It's super creepy. Like, don't Google
1: pictures. Like, basically what you do is you bring your twin. You look out you both try to find a pair of twins you think is hot and you go at it for a weekend. That's not, mm. I wonder what it is. What, like,
2: do you think they go and talk about like the secret languages that they've developed or like, Ooh. is there any, is it ESP that goes on between them? Because I I know I just said it's weird. It, I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating it's because pretty wild. when you, when you know a set of twins, like uh, for instance, I know Taylor Rogers and Trevor is, Trevor Rogers, um, they tried to trick me thinking like mm. one was going to be the other. And I knew right away. Uh, but like they when you get them next to each other, there is this vibe. It's like this energy when you put two twins together that other siblings, like siblings that are born at different times, don't have that.
1: I like reading Trevor Ploof's
0: stuff. got a lot of good <laughs> Yeah, Thank man. You. The Twins Festival. That's my thoughts on the Twins community. The Twins Festival is wild, man. It's just a weird place. Go to the Google Ooh. images. Yeah, we were we were them. roommates with twins in college. And Into if that. you if you if you if you were at a party with them and you were to walk up to them and say, Oh, you guys twins?
2: They'd fight you on the spot. You're getting fought.
1: Yeah. Oh snap. No. That was lit. No, we're cousins. Yes, we're twins.
2: Yeah. Sick of answering that question, so I'm gonna fight you. Should we call actually, brother Jeff? Quick? Yeah, we
0: should call Passing. But I have a I have a deal with our friends that are twins. Their name are Justin and Evan. If they both get married to a to another set of twins, yeah. and they both impregnate their pregnant their wives at the same times, yeah. and both of their wives also are pregnant with twin boys, they have to legally contract. I made them sign name both boys Justin and Evan. So that way, when him and his brother take their two sons to the park, it's it's Justin hey, Evan. I'm Justin, Justin this Evan. is my brother Evan These are his kids, Justin and Evan And these are my kids, Justin and Evan And they all have the same DNA and look alike Baseball Let's get to Passin Let's get passing.
2: Hello Hello,
0: is this Mr. Passin?
1: Oh God, the audio is faint
0: Yes, we might be very quiet
1: We're a faint audio pod I think we figured it out I think I I, I turned it up
3: a
0: little bit Okay. You usually talk you usually talk pretty loud. I know. We're using – yeah, it's usually different. But I don't even know – Can Trev, can you say something, Trev?
2: Hello, Jeffrey. Yeah, there's no way he can hear me. Okay.
0: Oh, yeah, the way we're doing it, I don't you, think you, you can hear Trevor.
1: It. We'll relay any of Trevor Plouffe, former Minnesota third baseman's questions. How you doing, brother Jeff?
3: Great. I'm outside. Um – you know, my uh, my my kid went to camp. So, the thing that I uh, I didn't realize or didn't uh, you know didn't really dawn on me is when you when you send your kid to camp, like all of the things that he does around the house, he doesn't do anymore. So, I'm picking up dog poop right now. Mm.
0: Great.
1: And we are joined joined by dog shit, Jeff Passon.
0: What's your technique on the dog poop picking up? Do you uh, Are you walking around and filling up the entire scooper with like as much as can fit? Or are you a one at a time, drop it, one at a time, drop it?
3: Uh, I am a bag uh, on the right hand and open bag held by the left hand. And I pick up with my bagged right hand and drop into the single left handed bag.
0: So you don't have a like you that. don't have like a claw grip? You got you're bending over every you time you pick up?
3: Dude, we're we're in the Midwest here. We like we have a we have a good relationship with with animal uh, feces.
0: Have yeah, you ever have had your hand inside a cow's butthole?
3: I <laughs> No, I cannot say oh, that. Okay. I have.
0: Oh. Okay. Well those are the real poop heroes. Damn. Anyway,
3: Wait 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 wait. wait yes. can we, can yeah. we, can we, who who and why?
1: What's the question? Who 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 has their
0: hand up cow's asses? Is that the question?
1: <laughs> Have we lost you? Have we lost him? Should that be it? No,
3: I'm 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 okay. I'm, st- I'm still here. I'm just I uh, I'm I'm confounded by the the poor uh, audio signal and by the 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 cow rectum who
0: who is sticking their arm up a cow's butt i think the people that in, inseminate like, the cows like vets vets yeah paris hilton did oh, it once I for her show was, like uh, <laughs>
3: right right i thought this was something that you guys had done like no either, i'm not from the midwest I,
0: so i have no yeah. idea I don't know what it's like over there. I
3: know, but it's yeah, but it's a, It sounds like something that like somebody from New York might do, like on a drunken dare or something like that. Like, hey, I'm gonna go stick my fist up a cow's butthole. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sounds great. Shout up. <laughs> like, is that is that not is that not a Jimmy and Jake conversation?
1: I mean, is. Yes, we'll add Good it. Point. We'll add it to our content schedule. Trevor
0: says <laughs> that he's he agrees with you. He says, yeah. "Good point." Shout up to Keene, New well, Hampshire, so this weekend. I also want
2: to let Jeff know that I was the one to, to suggest his article.
0: Plouffe also wants us yeah. to let you know that he was the one to suggest that we talk about your article and have you on today.
3: Well, thanks, Trev. I appreciate that. Wow. Let's let's talk about the let's talk about the article if uh, as long as the audio can hold up here. I'm not sure this this feels like a, a tenuous situation where we're tightrope walking and. At any time, it can just turn disastrous.
0: We'll see. You're you're crystal clear, so that's the good news. Yeah. I one quick question: If Craig Kimbrell does not get traded to the Astros, Dodgers, or Red Sox, will you allow Jake to run your Twitter account for a day?
3: Absolutely not. Okay. That's so you a think deal? You,
0: so? You so you're guaranteeing he goes to one of those three teams?
3: No, I'm not guaranteeing he goes to one of those three teams. I i very uh very readily admit the fact that things can change on a dime, and if I handed my Twitter account to Jake, i assume and I, in, in the over under um, i I would place it two hours uh, I would get fired okay right well, like jake you would you would definitely execute a fireable offense for me, would you not like for the lulls?
1: I mean, what's fireable? I mean, I, I don't know. It's 2021, man. Uh, people are a lot more open. I, I, I think I, I think the answer is a lot. Yeah. No, it, it happened pretty quickly. Um, Jeff, let's – uh, you open up with a couple – I won't give away the article. We want them clicks. Uh, but there's a lot of twins. Trevor Ploof's twins are listed a lot. Are they the – everyone's had the Cubs circled from the start of the year if they fall out. Are the Twins the other, like, trade line kingpin for this trade deadline?
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you've got other teams, like, the Nationals could be that, just if they put Max Scherzer on the market. And I I think the Nationals are that team that is going to fight till the very end. And then, you know, considering Max Scherzer has 10-5 and rights, and considering Scott Boris has alluded to the possibility of him wanting some sort of compensation, whether it's in the form of an extension, which is not going to happen uh, or perhaps some sort of an assignment bonus or something along the line. Uh, uh, Max Scherzer being moved needs to like the wheels need to start on that about now to, to realistically get that across the finish line by the 30th. So that leaves the Cubs who it's mostly a question of just how many guys are they going to trade, and the Twins, which is uh, just how much are teams going to be willing to give up to try and force their hand into moving Jose Barrios and Byron Buxton in particular, because you know the the Twins remind me a lot of like 2016 when they just stunk for no apparent reason one year and came back the next year with, like, the same talent and were really good again. Um, I I look at this team, I look at this roster, I look at this talent, and I understand their pitching hasn't been very good this year, but they've still got a lineup uh, when Buxton is healthy in particular. But with Donaldson, with Cruz, with Polanco, with Kepler, I think Alex Kirilov's going to be really good. You know, Mitch Garver, like, they've got guys – who can hit. And so they should be better than they actually are. And I, I think if they're looking to next year, you know, they they would be better than they actually are if they kept Buxton and Barrios. But this could be one of those things where you don't do a, a rebuild. You do a reset with some of the young talent that you get. And if you nail those two trades, uh, you're right back in it.
1: I'm yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any differences I can think of between the 2016 Twins and the 2017 Twins. Um,
0: well, the 2016 Twins. I'm not looking at the stats, but I know they were probably off to one of the best starts in baseball before they lost their third baseman.
1: Yeah,
2: to injury. Jeff doesn't Jeff doesn't know what he <laughs> And he can't even hear me now. I can't even like have a discussion. I'm translating for you, that, Trev. Yeah.
1: Where we're, we're I, the middle of I, I can't
2: know. I can't I got you there. I oh he could the, hear you. Oh, there. he had you. Trev I, Trev, I think the key is
3: Jimmy and Jake shutting up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that is the key. Jeff, you kinda hurt my feelings there a little bit because I was part of the two thousand sixteen twins. They axed me the following season they go to the playoffs for the first time since two thousand and ten. So It hurt a little bit, but I will say your assessment of the talent that we had and the talent that was there next year was spot on. Um, I really don't have anything to say because you're right. We were horrible in 2016. What what did we we start off there, Jim? 0-7? The 2016
0: Twins, you lost the first game of the season via walk-off and the sixth game of the season via walk-off, and you didn't win a game until the 10th, 0-9 to start. Oh. That was tough.
1: Jeez. Well, I'm I glad mean, I'm, he... I'm. I'm. I'm looking.
3: Uh, I'm like. I'm looking at this right now, and I'm pretty sure the. No, no, it's pretty much the same team minus Trevor Plouffe.
2: Hmm. <laughs> He's a cancer in the clubhouse. That's what everyone <laughs> always said about me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a
2: good laugh. <laughs> we like that.
0: The other thing that I liked about your I mean, article. Actually, you know,
3: no, oh. you know. You know what? You know what happened in 2017? They got they got uh they got Chris Jimenez. Chris Jimenez is like that guy whose teams always win, right?
0: Like Johnny Gomes.
3: Yeah, I mean he's like Johnny Gomes without the
2: ring, maybe. Okay, can appreciate that. Chris Jimenez, shout out! Wow. I'll, I'll tell you what happened in 2017, boys. Yeah, Jose Barrios showed up. 2016, you had an eight. Okay, mm. 2017, he had a three eight. Okay, so that's yeah, that helps the team a little bit.
3: That, right yeah, that'll that'll do it. That'll do it. I, I'm looking I, at the bullpen. It, it's all it's always a bullpen game, isn't it? Like <laughs> you go and look at the is. at the well, actually no, the bullpen wasn't was a lot better in than, too. There,
2: <laughs> there
3: were there were some. That's the thing. If you look at that bullpen in 17, like there were some dudes who weren't dudes yet. Like Ryan Presley's a dude now, he was not a dude then. Tyler Duffy's a dude now, was not a dude then. Taylor Rogers was dude-ish, but not entirely dude Lee. And mm. and became quite the dude.
0: I'm a dude. You're a dude. We're all dudes. Good burger. Good movie.
3: That that was that was a very good pull there.
0: Thank I you. I like.
3: That that's a that's a I I'm not sure if i've watched any movie over the last year more than good burger <laughs>
0: excuse me <laughs> so what what are you at you got to be like 3 1 2 how many times you watch good no, burger no i've
3: i've no i've i've seen that movie 25 times my kids love that stupid movie it's a good love movie
0: it. it's a good movie it's good
3: it, the the thing that always gets me is they they call their chicken nuggets good chunks Mm. seems like a very weird thing to call chicken nuggets.
0: When I was a little kid, I loved the joke when he says, "What? Well, how does $10 sound? And then he says like this. <laughs> just rubs $10 right, bill yeah. together. It's a bad joke, but I love it. I so. All right, I want to talk about something yeah. you mentioned in the article. You said that a lot of teams, and you pointed at Steve Co- uh, Cohen's tweet, aren't going to move early in July here. So do you, do you think that we might not even – Get, like, the regular season fireworks. We're just going to get grand finale. July 30th is going to be nuts.
3: Not necessarily, and here's why. Let's look at what the Chicago Cubs uh, theoretically have to do. Mm. They can't let everything pile up on that last day and try and juggle it, right? I mean, I guess they could but it makes sticking the landing that much more difficult. Like, I, I think, and, and I for a long time was in this boat too, I think we failed to, like, understand the difficulty of decision-making in the moment. It's it's why over time, like, I, I, I've i sort of done the 180 on managers. You know, uh, when I first started covering baseball, I was like, oh, yeah, managers are super important. And then I was like, oh, wait. You know, managers are just essentially following a script. uh, But then, like, uh, over the last few years, I've come to to the realization that, I'm sorry, but scripts don't anticipate all the things that go on during a baseball game. And managers have to process that information extraordinarily quickly and make decisions that a lot of times are going to go and backfire on them, even if they were the proper decisions to be made. Uh, This July 30th this year is the the chance that general managers and front offices get to make those snap decisions because you don't know what a team is going to offer you. You don't know uh, how you're going to react. You don't know, whether to take it to other teams and push them, or if by pushing them, you're going to push too far and they're going to go and pivot somewhere else. It's just a lot of different balls in the air. And that's for, like, one guy. Imagine if you're the Cubs and you're trying to do this, if you've held on to Bryant and Kimbrell and potentially Baez and potentially Rizzo and Chafin and Davies and potentially Patera. Like, there's just a lot going on with the Cubs. And so I think just... For, for the sheer purpose of trying to do this in the proper process oriented way, saving it all for the last day would be a bad idea and a difficult thing to execute. So I don't think that everything's going to be on the last day, but you know, if shit goes down, I think the shit's going down on the 29th and the 30th. I
0: love it. So We saw the jock trade early, and it almost feels like you either do a trade like today, the rest of this week, and then you shouldn't do one until the 29th because they might flip jock uh, again, and it's almost like there's a window there where you have to grab a guy, see if you're still in it, and we've seen the Twins do that in 17. They did it with um, Jaime Garcia. I I think the Braves might be doing it with jock, so we might get like a dry spell in the middle of July.
3: I think the I think Jock Peterson went to Atlanta for for the reason you know among other things the reason I was just talking about it's like if you're trying to spend your time and energy and engage on high level Craig Kimbrell or Chris Bryant talks do you also want to be like peddling Jock Peterson on the side now like mm-hmm. Jock Peterson just the priority level isn't there and I think the Cubs probably looked at it like let's say we waited until july 30th and extracted absolute maximum value out of jock peterson how much better are we going to do than bryce ball and the answer is not much you know i'm sorry you're not going to be getting a top 100 guy for jock peterson you're not gonna be getting a top 200 guy for jock peterson so uh the braves willing to take on the salary and. Uh, they got an interesting guy back who probably is not a first baseman, but uh, the DH is going to be in the National League soon. So if Bryce Ball can uh, can hit a little bit, then uh, you may be looking at a future DH for the Cubs.
1: like that.
2: I have a question for you, Jeff. Uh, hopefully you can still hear me. What, what are the chances? Like, give me on a scale of 1% to 100%, the chances that the Indians will move a guy like J-Ram. Oh,
3: God. Hold on. So, because I love him. Uh, no, no. Here's here's what happened. You just said, "Give me the chances on one to ten that the Indians will move a guy like." <laughs> and I have oh. I have absolutely no idea who you said.
1: Jose so let, Ramirez.
3: Let, um, two. Like they they need to be they need to be really overwhelmed for that for a couple of reasons. Um, first off how like Trev, where would you put Jose Ramirez if we're ranking every player in baseball? Give me like a range where you would put him.
2: He, yeah, he's every like position players only. Like he's, he's probably a top 10 guy and like, and and maybe higher than that. And he has all the years of control and at an affordable cost. Like I know all those things, like would a team pay up for a guy like that. Like a guy like, a team like the Rays or um you know the the Braves could certainly use him, like do they have enough prospect capital to get the job done, or like is that something they're even considering?
3: I think there are are only like a, a handful of teams that have prospect wise what it would take to to go out and get Jose Ramirez and we we also have to recognize that it you know for someone like Jose Ramirez, the chances of that being an all prospect deal are pretty slim. This would probably be like sure. a good major league or two player plus like highly ranked prospects, very well-regarded prospects. And I, I just look at it like this for the Indian. How much more are you going to get now than you would get if you explore this in another year? I think the answer is nothing. Like, you're not going to get a whole lot more now than you would if you do this trade potentially in a year. And that's that's just all about timing. Um, you know, there, there are a couple of years left on Ramirez's deal. And I think if Cleveland explores this same uh, potential deal at this time next year, uh, then the return would be just as robust as it is now. And I I think they'll they'll have the advantage of having another year of him having played for them. And maybe they're good enough next year at this point that they don't have to or don't want to explore making that trade. So I I just don't think the timing is necessarily right. But yeah, I mean, you look at a team like like the Rays, Trevor, and they have a a 40-man crunch coming up. This is the second time in the last couple of years that they've had this situation because they're just very good at drafting and developing guys. And when you have a 40 man crunch, Padres had the same situation. uh, You just start shedding prospects and, and getting big league caliber guys. And so if they wanted to put together an enormous prospect package to get Jose Ramirez, they could. Uh, I, I just, you know, I mean, I, I look at something like that and, uh, Jose Ramirez is playing third base. They, you know, Cleveland's probably not going to want to get Joey Wendell necessarily back in a deal mm. like that. But would Brandon Lau interest them? You know, a guy who's got 20-something homers in the first half and is on a very club-friendly deal? That could be the start. I, I mean, if you're if you're the Rays and and you go to Cleveland with, with a package that starts with Brandon Lau and Shane Boz, uh Cleveland's got to listen, at very least. Uh, th- this is not something, by the way, that uh, I I believe has been discussed. I'm literally coming up with this off the top of my head. But <laughs> a team, a team like Tampa, certainly could go and get someone like Jose Ramirez. And and what's interesting is that, uh, you know, th- there is a guy out there, not like Jose Ramirez production wise, but who's going to be very inexpensive next year and who is on the trade market right now and who fits Tampa perfectly. And that's Byron Bucks.
2: Ooh, I was going to say, we're not going to give it away. Then send people your way. Cause we mm. we've talked about that a little bit. Um, I like that too, man. Mm.
3: Honestly, you can, you can, you can give it away. Like I, I, I listen the the way I look at ESPN plus and our paywall is this. We have really good stuff behind it, and if you can afford it, and you feel like it is worth your time, worth your hard-earned money, then we feel privileged for you to subscribe to us. We know that we are going to give you uh, something that you feel like is worth your money, and if not, uh, then there are always people who screenshot things on Twitter, and just keep us in mind when uh, you find great success in your life and career and start making more money,
1: uh, that we're worth it. Company man. Okay. Jeff, you, you know I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a mainstream media guy, so I'm going to hit you with you know, two, two of the basic deadline ones. Biggest name to go at the deadline, and if you pick a trade that will happen, I'll put my hand in a cow.
3: You'll put your hand where, uh, no, no, I
1: don't want to do that. I'm going to, yes. like. Yes, you do. No, yeah. you don't. I'll put my hand in the cow. Either way.
0: No, I don't, okay. I don't want any Dead or alive, he'll find a cow
3: and put his hand in it. I don't know. Who's your I, cow I guy? I worry less about, I worry less about you than I do the cow.
1: Yeah, that's, i you don't know how often I hear that. True.
3: No, I, like, if you're going to do anything to a cow, like, maybe just go and milk a cow.
0: That's that's just as weird. Weird. To be if we're being honest, it's just as weird. Yeah, that's just as weird. Yeah. But but people do it. I know. But, yeah. All right. Jake will milk a cow if X player gets traded to the X team. What do you got?
2: Chris
3: Bryant to the match.
2: Yeah.
0: Ooh.
2: I need him on the Braves, Jeff. I need him (laughs) on the Braves. I picked them to win the World Series at the beginning of the year. It's not looking good.
3: Yeah, don't think that's happening, big fella. Um, I mean, d- doesn't Bryant to the Mets just make too much sense like to not happen?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it all of that? Or I mean, are people behind the walls of baseball gossiping about it? Or is everyone just kind of saying it like, you know, Bryant's a fit. No, get- it's,
3: yeah, it's it, this is this is not one of those like Mets fans trying to tweet something into reality. This is one of those where when I talk with people, um, uh, those people say, "Yeah, like this actually does make a lot of sense," and they, you know, I, I think people in with the Mets look at Chris Bryant and there are certainly warts there, um, and and I think. You know, we we look at the Mets and they're certainly warts there. <laughs> I I think we look at the fact that uh, they are where they are with as as small of a lead as they have right now. They're missing Degrom for an unknown period of time. They're missing Lindor for one to two months, and uh, coming back you know from an oblique is never an easy thing for a hitter to do because the. Uh, you know the possibility of restraining it is omnipresent. Uh, I think we look at uh, Carlos Carrasco. Is he ever going to be back? Uh, and we look at Noah Syndergaard. Is is he going to make it back this year? And, and and we look at Philadelphia. And and this was this was like the most stunning number that I've seen in a long time. The the Phillies' opponent winning percentage from here on, is 463. That means the average team they're playing for the last 70 games of the season is a 75-win team. Uh, That right there tells me that the Phillies, just by that number alone, the Phillies should win the National League East. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to. Uh, Paul Hambikidis from GetUp earlier today told me that. Uh, Their odds in the last week have gone uh, from plus 700 to plus 425. So I think Vegas is catching on a little bit to the Phillies. But the the Phillies also have weaknesses, and and they need to shore things up. And I'll tell you, if they somehow can figure out how to go and get Craig Kimbrell, uh, Mm. it's not a game-changer like getting the role this Chapman was for the Cubs in 2016. But I feel a whole lot better about the Phillies' fortunes Going uh, into the month of September, with Craig Kimbrell at the back end of that bullpen, uh, than I do right now.
0: Go, Phils! Phillies, I like them. Well, no, I just like their schedule the rest of the way.
1: All right, we're a big schedule
0: schedule
1: And That was Jeff passing milking a cow. Is that yeah?
0: You guys are gonna. Double Milk of Cows, where I think we left it, and also get ESPN Plus to support uh, Jeff Passant. And also, you get all of uh, Syracuse's field hockey games. That's why I subscribe.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: They're going to be good. I mean, they got Tess Queen and FK. Yeah. Big year out of them. What's your favorite field hockey team, Jeff?
3: Um... I like the Syracuse University yep. Field Hockey team. Yes. Actually.
0: Yes, very good. Yes, yes. They have the yeah. Netherlands a, pipeline, yeah.
3: I uh I have no I I have no idea what you're talking about, but a friend of mine uh in college was the manager for the uh Syracuse Field Hockey team. And um yeah, he's the worst
2: <laughs> Shout out! All right, Shout cool. out. you got sources everywhere. everywhere. Everywhere.
0: Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. That's Jeff Passan.
1: Jeff Passan milking a cow. Snaps for yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Snaps for Jeff. He
2: likes to milk cows. Um, I heard. So you were gonna do it with your
1: mouth, though, right? I don't care. Yeah.
0: However That's... they say to milk it. Yeah, dead or alive. <laughs>
1: whatever, whatever the coach says. Yeah. Man.
0: Great, great job. Thanks. We reached out five minutes before we had him on, asked him if he'd come on. He said he would. So we liked Jeff Passon and then we gave him shitty audio just because uh, we don't know how to not do that. Anyway, uh, that was brought to you by DraftKings as well as this next segment, Trev, because DraftKings has a deal right now. If the U.S. gets a medal, if you bet on the U.S. to get a medal, then you get 100 free dollars, $100 in free credits. That's all you got to do. And the U.S. is going to get a medal. They're going to. So the DraftKings are saying, we'll give you, you give us $1 and we'll give you $100 worth of free bets. You bet on baseball because that's what you like the rest of the way and you have a chance to win or you just get to make the games much more entertaining for yourself as you go on. So go download the DraftKings app, the sportsbook app. Now use promo code JohnBoy when you sign up. Do that bet, get 100 free dollars. And bet it on baseball the rest of the way and have some fun there. Dollar a game. Spread it out. Just put some stuff on the line. Have some fun. That's code JOHNBOY to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, PA. Only new customers. Only restrictions. Apply to DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. With it. Trev, you want to talk about the Olympics a little bit? You want to talk about Team USA?
1: Yeah. Trev, you look great with the flag draped around you. If you're listening podcasts only, go to this part on the YouTube because, wow.
2: Thank you. I, these colors do mix well with my complexion, and I just – they fit me. Yeah. I did, Jim. We, we always, uh, you know, talk about what the topics are going to be on our Wednesday episode, and we were brainstorming. I said, hey, let's talk about the Olympics. Team USA is off um, – the Olympics are going on, and there's been some coverage on it, but maybe maybe not enough. Um, so I think the way we should approach it maybe is let's let's talk about Team USA roster a little bit. There's a few guys that people would know, and it's kind of exciting because there's, at this point, a mix of old guys that are still good, can still play, a la Todd Frazier, and then the young prospects that are there. So I don't know if you guys have checked out the roster at all. Mm-hmm. Deep dive. Um, it's Only two
0: Californians, something I noticed.
2: Ooh. So I think I think that everyone's you know obviously uh, tuned into the Todd Fathers on there. Uh, I think that's really cool. Another couple older names that are on it. Um, some pitchers. Patrick, uh, excuse me, Scott Casimir. Um He was with the Giants in their A on the AAA team. He made the roster. Edwin Jackson, who ha- has played on every single yeah. team. Just about, I think he's got 13 teams or something like that. He's on it. And then this one's kind of fun. Anthony Ghost, old outfielder for the Tigers. A um, couple other different teams is now a left-handed pitcher. He's in the Indians organization in AAA. He he made the trip as well. So some fun pitchers on there. And then, oh, this is this is uh, the, the one I wanted to bring up the most. Uh, David Robertson, old friend of the Yanks right there. The pitcher, David Robertson, on the team. And I believe he was on the last Olympic team, which would have been 2008. Can you believe that? Wow. There hasn't been baseball yeah. in the Olympics do, for quite some do time. Do you know
0: that, Trev? I know they took it away because it was all amateurs and they not professionals or something like that, but why is it back now, and how come minor league players can play on the Olympic team They can't be on the 40-man. If they're on the 40-man, they can't play on the Olympic team. But if they're not on the 40-man, they can go play on the Olympic team. Wasn't that earlier when it existed? Couldn't you not be a pro at
2: all? To my knowledge, you could. And it was just like what you were saying, the 40-man, stuff like that. So the last time that the Team USA was in the Olympics was 2008. Um, which was in Beijing, and then baseball as a whole was not included in 12 or 16, and now here we are in 21 because of last year was was postponed. So um, I don't know the exact details of that, Jim. Like why our pro players weren't allowed before, but I think maybe they were. Yeah, I don't know. Over the last couple times, over the last couple of times they have been able to play, but before that, that's before my time, Jim. Okay,
0: all right, all good. Uh, Tim Federich, Feder- yeah.
1: he always
2: ends up there.
0: Catcher,
1: Trevor. I so I'm trying to go back. 2008, Trevor Plouffe, and you. You played on a lot of U.S. baseball teams. I, I want to say you 16, you 18, you 20, something like that. Was 2008 like kind of in play for you? For you? <laughs> oh my I still don't goodness. have a voice.
2: I want to go into that, but I just want to okay. go. I want so right. to. Let's go into that. Then I will talk about the Olympic schedule because I want people to watch yeah. this. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, let me go over the schedule first. And, and there's six teams in this um, for for baseball in the Olympics. Um, they are. Now I just had them up. Where'd they mm. go? Sorry, guys. It's the Dominican. It is Mexico and Japan. They are in group A. And then in group B, it's Korea. Uh, south korea Uh, usa and team israel so interesting groupings there team israel is kind of a fun one to keep an eye out for because there are a bunch of ex-big leaders on the team Uh, danny valencia john moscott ian kinsler's back in action playing a couple other guys who i'm probably going to forget they're going to be mad at me for not mentioning them nick rickles i played with in lehigh valley he's also on the team so They've actually done okay, you know, in some of these competitions. Like they kind of have been doing it. So it's interesting. That the US's first game is against Team Israel. And that is uh on the 30th of July. The first game that you can watch would be on the 27th, I believe, of July. And that's the Dominican versus Japan. So go check it out. Um just Google Olympic baseball and the schedule and stuff will be there. But it's I think I wanted to make this point about. Team USA, I guess we can kind of get into some of my experiences now with it. I played in 2002 on a 16-and-under team, and then I went in 2009. Uh, That was a professional one. And that one we went to Germany and Italy. And once you get into high school, uh, if you're a player that's going to kind of go to the next level, there's always a sense of like I in your games, like even in high school. Like, yeah, you're at that point, it's mostly still you're playing for the team and, and none, nothing else matters. But like, if you go 0 for 0 for in a game, like you're pissed. So, Team USA is really one of the only pure baseball team experiences that you're going to find these guys playing. There's nobody cares if you go over for four. You don't care as long as your team wins because. That's all that matters. If you have a great tournament and Team USA finishes fourth place, like that, who cares about that? Like the only thing these guys are thinking about is winning. And that that pure form of baseball is just, it's really not there, you know, at any level because there's always a sense of like, I'm going to the next level or I need to get a paycheck or I need to make sure my numbers are right to some degree. Team USA is not like that. So that's kind of why I, an admitted baseball snob, we'll tune into some U S stuff because it's just a different kind of dynamic. I think if you talk to anybody, they'd they'd say that.
1: I love that Trev. I love that. You're right. It's true. No, there's no next step. It's not, well, a couple of these guys, and this will be a fun conversation after the Olympics. It's uh Hey, is is someone going to pick up Todd for the run? Like, you know, David Robertson, he was pumping 91 and he struck out the side. Like, so those are going to be fun conversations, but you are right. Like when when they're over there, it's like, let's get this dub. Uh, so that is nice. Exactly.
0: When do the Olympics end? When would the last game be? Cuz there's also a deadline to be on an MLB 40 man for before the
1: playoffs. Which is oh, August 31st, 30 30 right? The Olympics end. It go- Mid-August. It ends
2: before that. It, yeah. goes, it goes like mid-August, yeah. Okay,
0: so that's super interesting that these guys might be getting picked up just for like a playoff run. Like if D-Rob shoves, a team's going to grab him yeah. to be in their bullpen.
2: So I have uh, the gold medal game on August 7th. Perfect. So there's plenty of time for that. And I do understand that aspect, and so that's a good point. But like Jake alluded to as well, like these guys aren't really thinking about that while they're over yeah. there. Get that
1: gold, baby.
0: Trev, I have a question really for you. Cool,
1: yeah.
0: Jake asked why weren't you in two thousand eight playing for the Olympics? I uh, you found your answer. You were too busy getting promoted from double A AA to AAA in the summer of twenty of two thousand eight. Do you know who you hit your yeah. first triple A home off of? Because I just looked Ooh. it up. I
2: should know this. I don't I don't though. I don't know.
0: He was—he had big league experience, but really an odd career. Hmm. Adam Petty me, John. Wow. Does that name ring a bell?
2: It doesn't. Adam I'm sorry, Petty Adam. John. just played too many games, sorry man. About that. Yeah.
0: You're like second big. Your second AAA homer came in the 13th inning. Good for you.
2: Was it a walk off? I think it might. Yeah, have been it was a walk off. You beat the Bison's. No big deal. Yeah, but Team USA is super cool. I just wanted to bring it up because I did I have had some experiences, played on some fun teams, played with some fun players on there. And um it's just a it's just a different brand of baseball. And I think people see that the WBC is such a great event. I don't want to take anything away from the Olympics, but like you see how those guys get fired up, you know, when you're playing for your home country. Whether that's the US, whether that's the Dominican, whether that's Japan, you know, that's Straight up, I want to win this freaking game. I don't care what I do. Like, that's that's cool baseball to me. It's almost like in the playoffs, guys don't give a shit about their numbers. It's like, let's go win. It's Kind of the same type of deal. Um
0: is the manager, correct?
2: Yes, yes. Okay.
0: How do I wonder? How does how did Japan it. and Korea do it with their professionals? Is it all like from their minor league systems, free agents as well, or do they send their guys? I'm guessing it's the same.
2: I'm gonna look up their roster right now, Jim.
0: While you do that, I am just floating in your baseball reference and your minor mm. league baseball reference. Were you and Ryan Jorgensen buds? I know him. Yeah. He was a catcher a AAA. Do you know his? <clears throat> so Ryan Jorgensen. You played with him in AAA. Do you know his big league stats? Because you don't. You don't. It's a leading question. Don't feel like you need to know it. Mm. He has three MLB hits in 20 at-bats, and two of those hits were homers. Mm. So his career numbers are uh, three hits, two homers. That's pretty awesome.
2: He was a big uh, muscle guy. He loved uh, walking around with no shirt on. He was a catcher, Catcher, right? yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Nice guy. Kind of, uh, yeah, like I said, just love that
1: uh, chest and abs that he mm. had on him. Uh, he homered off Ted Lilly. Now I feel bad. Ted Lilly, sign ball on my desk. Sneaking in a quick ad. We're selling our John Boy Media jerseys from the Home Run Derby. You can personalize them. Your name, your number. There's going to be a link in this. We're doing like a 48-hour flash sale. Saved it for now because I know the real ones stayed through now. Uh, So go check it out. Wait, am I doing that as well? What's the question? Because you already have one. No, I'm asking because
2: I don't have to go find it somewhere. No, you're all good. Jake did it. We're good. You're We're not
0: good. selling your jersey. We're selling new jerseys. No, versions. like
1: personalized ones. People so can you,
0: customize them. They get their own name on the back with their own number.
1: If you want to get Llewellyn oh. 69 John Boy Media jersey. Yeah. I mean, you can get the specialty 24 if that's what yeah. you want Yeah, if you're a specialty fan.
0: Zendino and then the number can be G8 for just great.
1: Great. I don't know if they I can would, do that. I would we'll assume see. the number should just be 8. but. Yeah, they're going to be on the John Boy Media shop, like, 48-hour flash sale. We, we really kind of haven't done too much like this, so get one. They're the, the baby blue and white ones, Trev, so they're clean. It's called a freaking pop-up, bro. Like, get with
2: the times.
1: No, a pop-up's a fit. It's not a flash no. sale. Pop-up's physical. physical. So, no.
2: I don't think so. No. Oh, you know what this is called? A drop. Yeah, flash sale. Drop. flash sale in- refers to a sale. There's, these aren't going to be on sale. These are big bucks, probably. Yeah, he's got a
0: point there. Flashout does in, uh, does imply it's discounted. Or a promotion offered of an e-commerce store for a short period of time. So mm. it works. Mm. But the first definition does says what well, yeah. you said, Trev. Anyway, I'm lost in baseball reference. The other home run that Jorgensen hit off was a guy named Daniel Barone, who also only played in the MLB for one year. And now I kind of want to do a stats that just doesn't matter on guys that face each, o- each, o- each other, and they both were only up for, like, that game. I like that. Like, they both only had two weeks in the show, and here they were. Because it's really a minor league at bat just happening in an MLB ballpark.
2: <laughs> uh, no, that's not it. That is not true, Jim. Kind of. Don't mar- don't don't marginalize the guy reaching the, the show. You know what I'm saying. Is this what it's like for you guys? Like, I'm sweating right now and it's yeah. so uncomfortable. Every day. This is what you guys live like. BBD's like.
0: probably dying, but the AC is turned on us. Mm. Trev, I moved into my new house. I was so excited to finally have Central Air. Haven't had Central Air since. I moved back east because it's all old and window units and stuff, and Katie hates that, and I do too. Uh, Set the AC 69 at night, went to sleep. Mm. It only stays that temperature, I guess, for like four hours and then reverts back to whatever it's been programmed to do. And the homeowners before us or the automatic setting was 77, so woke up at 5 a.m. was 77 degrees on purpose. Brutal. So, first night sleeping with Central AC didn't go as planned.
1: Final update. Uh, I tweeted at Todd Frazier. I said, are you in Tokyo? He said, leave tomorrow, bog boy. I think he meant big boy or blog boy. Can't tell. I, I assume big boy. Um, and he is he's wearing 25. I wanted to confirm that because I decided I'm going to go ham on Todd Frazier this Olympics. And that's obvious just like everyone else. Um. And he said, yes, sir, let's go for glory, baby. So, I mean, that's what it's all about. God. That's what it's all about. That's
2: perfect. That's so perfect right there. I hope Todd goes over to Japan, eats a, eats at a sushi restaurant, and is like, ah, it's, that was good, but, like, and goes and finds, like, some some hot dogs somewhere. I'm like, you know, he needs that. A like, good old American hot dog hamburger. And that will happen, by the way. I awesome. asked him. So I
1: saw your tweet. That was the look I was giving you before. We did have to do the that ad also, so thank you for doing that. But uh, other big update, uh, Todd Fisher followed me. Whoa. Me happy. Big, big dong at the Olympics.
0: Bigger update, Asher Wojcicki is expected to start for the Yankees oh tomorrow.
1: Oh, my God. Also, we really got to do pregame shows. So yeah, all right.
0: Trevor, thank you for joining us on the regular show that you're
2: always on. Hey, guys, it was a pleasure talking about Team USA and my minor of the experiences, and <laughs> me and Jeff are friends again.
1: So <laughs> always a good gift. That looks so cool behind Trev's. Yeah. Trev's meant to wear the American flag.